Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Richard Herring. Thank you very much. Cheers. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. Got a box, top of a box on my seat. Uh, welcome to Rich Herring's Edinburgh Fringe podcast, or as all the cool kids calling it, Rehef. Oh, no way, no, Colin. Colin, there's a seat for Colin. Is he there? Who knows? Tackline, at Tackline is here. Uh, if you want to follow him on Twitter, uh, so I always forget his actual name, but a tagline is a better name than a, a real name. Uh, so yes, it's good to be here. Um, we've got uh, the Edinburgh Fringes going on. Uh, <laughs> I'm not filling. I'm not trying to fill in uh, my little bit. Um, uh, the uh, I, I do a, a scope collection at. Uh, I don't like to talk about my charity work. Uh, I do a lot of work for charity, and I don't like to talk about it, but I do a collection of a scope every night um, at my other gig, and raise just like a quarter of a million pounds, but it's not a big deal. Uh, and um, not, just, not just this fringe, I have to say, that's over ten years. Uh, so, uh, uh, but last night, there's often like, um, you know, you'll get like foreign coins in there that people are just coming, oh, I'll get rid of that, that's clever. Uh, which doesn't matter, because we can, we can still use those and they can still get sent to scope. And sometimes you get obsolete coins, like an old 50p piece or, you know, a shilling sometimes. Last night, someone put a 1939 penny in there, which is just so bizarre. Why were they, why did they have that in their pocket? And then why would you give it away if you had it in your pocket? You'd be like, oh, it's my lucky penny. I'll keep that somewhere safe. You won't keep it with your change. It's really odd to have that. It's not quite nice to see old George VI there stuttering away on the coin. Uh, that coin, 939, it would have been in someone's pocket before the Second World War even begun. Buying, you know, probably a house in Scotland. Uh, <laughs> uh, so that was, was kind of fun to see. Uh, and uh, I've been arguing with comedians about middle road, middle lane hogs on the motorway because that has become. Well, I mean, it's always been against the highway code to hog the middle lane on the motorway. You stupid people don't understand how to use the motorway, and I hate you all. Because uh, I, I drive around on the motorway, like, you've got to keep left. That's what the other lanes are for overtaking. They've now made this, like, you can get the points and find if you, if you cruise along in the middle lane when there's room on the left. Uh, but some comedians think, no, I'm, I'm, I'm furiously angry about it. I've got no material about it. <laughs> just, I've just been, been spending my whole morning arguing with Earl Oakin, who the uh, trumpet impressionist. <laughs> he's in his 60s or 70s. He's going, no, it's fine. You know, what are you going to say? Everyone will be in the left-hand lane now. Everyone will just be everyone and no one you. That's not what it's about. It's not about everyone having to stay in the left. You can still use the other lanes, but they're for overtaking. Do you understand? Uh, sorry, I've, I've gone very angry at the, uh, the audience. They don't like it. Who hogs in the middle lane? Cheer now. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> don't be saying It's like, yeah, well, it's so selfish. Think about other people. Just go over. Thank you. That's good. I'm glad you apologised. I'm going to take that apology as from everyone who does that. Uh, we've got free tickets for you today. If you win the competition, win tickets to Stu and Gary in the Catchly titled Improv. Uh, I guess there's a bit more to that, but it's run off the end of the ticket. You can win a glider. You can win uh, the best of European football, greatest matches two. Hopefully you've got, hopefully you've already got greatest matches one, or that's going to... You can win a Sal Simon Cowell face mask. I don't, I don't even know what half of this is. Uh, you can win Bitter and Jaded, uh, which is uh, the uh, free fanzine uh, made by Stephen Lucas. If you go to Facebook, Stephen Lucas Cartoons, you can get that for free. Uh, he's sponsored in, in these, put this advert in the uh, We're All Gonna Die programme, so he's a very nice man. Uh, you can win one of those. I'm not telling you what it is. It's uh, dangerous. 
can probably hold up a bank with that. Uh, you can win a copy of 10, which is uh, a free DVD I give out. We're all going to die, so if you come to the show, you'll get that for free anyway. You can buy that from GoFastStripe.com if you're at home, as you can with Talking Cop, the book and the DVD. Go and buy some stuff at home, because there's like 50,000 of you listening to this. If you all bought the DVD, I could retire. No, I mean, I could carry on doing these. I could carry on doing these. And also, we have uh, T-shirts... Uh, that you can buy. We're trying out a new thing. We're going to make up some new designs. These are the designs that the guy at the website has done. If you go to richardherring.cottoncart.com, there will be T-shirts. Uh, he's made two so far, and they are... One says uh, Rehef, I think. Yeah, there we go. Uh, and one is uh, Ham Hand. He said he couldn't draw... Uh, <laughs> he couldn't draw the sun cream armpit, but we, I'm getting a... I'm getting a professional in, so in the, in the week there will be some more added to that, like uh, put a Shrek in it and stuff I expect to be there. I want to do like a big line of Me One versus Me Two t-shirts. Like a massive line, you have to collect them all. Uh, so you can support me that way, although most of the money goes to that man at cottoncart.com. But thank you, he's called Neil, he seems a nice guy. Uh, so we've got a packed show, as always, so I'm going to crack on with it. My, my uh, iPhone's gone in the prize bag, that could end up... As, uh, you never know, it's got, an, it's got my uh, driving licence and uh, my credit card in there as well. So uh, that would be quite a nice surprise. <laughs> so we've got, we've got two guests today and I'm going to do something extraordinary that no one could have even dreamed of. I'm going to interview them both at the same time, even though they're really different and from different places. One of them is a lord, an English lord. One of them is like a, an American peasant who's... <laughs> they're like opposites but I think they're going to get on together so will you please welcome a man who's best known as Magic Joel from Sabrina the Teenage Witch <laughs> and a man who is best known as the drummer in the big band at Bedford School it's <laughs> Paul Provenza and Al Murray <laughs> come on in talk into your microphones it's my uh, advice Keep your microphones close to your face. You're both professional comedians. I think you should do that. How are yeah, you doing? Can, can I put my water on your table? Put it there. Thanks, appreciate that. <laughs> A nice little visual gag there. You've already. Paul has already come in, uh, knocked over someone's pint on the bar, and and, and walked into the air conditioner. You smashed that. Oh my that. God! It's so early. <laughs> how are you doing, Paul? Are you all right? I'm doing great. How, thank you. How are you? Better for being here. With you and your fine followers. Thank you. They should start a cult. Might do, yeah. I think I don't think all of them would follow me. These these two Try might. the Kool-Aid. These two might. Uh, he would, he would he'd be there. Uh, how are you, Al? Are you alright? I'm fine, yes. You're I'm losing your voice I've a scuffed bit? my voice, yeah. Ah, it's yeah. all that shouting you should do. It's all that shouting. It's just shouting my ass. Well, we, <laughs> we peasants are used to that. <laughs> not going to work doing us both at the same time. I don't know what I was thinking. So, um... <laughs> oh, ye of little I faith. I thought it would be exciting. It's just we're all going to talk well, over each we're other. We're going to answer in harmony. <laughs> I did wonder, Rich. Well, you know, we're but I thought... I thought we'd got some interesting men. You can just uh, take it in turns to answer the questions, because some of them won't be aimed at you. Uh, how was uh, Sabrina the Teenage Witch? Did you enjoy your... Uh, Brilliant. Performance Five stars. Magic Joel? Yes, it was, it was fun to do. Keep close to the mic. It's very odd always to be doing anything that is a, a kid's audience. Yeah. That's always odd for a guy like me. 
Is that cat in Spoonie Sweet Teenage Witch? Is that real? Do you know what I'm saying? It's sophisticated animatronics. There are like five of those things. But how much did that cost? Seven million dollars. No sense in doing any research on that artificial heart any longer. Let's put that technology where it's needed. And you've been in kids' TV as well, Al. You do horrible histories. Yes, I've been doing a cameo in Horrible Histories. Yeah. Do you like the way I link those together? That was pretty good. See, that was quite Actually, good. Actually, it's going to work. See, things are picking up. They are. <laughs> what? Any uh, funny stories about horrible histories? Uh, no, not really. As good as no, I sort of hung around and had uh, waited to have a moustache put on, and then There's one of the boys in the horrible histories is quite sexy. I think I quite, like, quite fancy. There's a sort of slightly effeminate boy in it. I mean, he's a man, but he's young to me. Do you know which one I mean? Yes, I do. He's nice looking, isn't he? Is, he... <laughs> is that why you did it? See, this is why. It's... <laughs> this is why it's difficult for me to do children's television. <laughs> I'd be right in there trying to kiss him in the face. <laughs> it's nice. Look, you know, it's fair enough, isn't it? Okay, you're now allowed a gay marriage and a straight marriage. That's what you're allowed now. That's the, that's the crazy new rules. The next rules. podcast, you're going to have all of One Direction. <laughs> Could do it. <laughs> Could do it. Um, so uh, I thought we kind of might talk about comedy a bit. Because last oh, time I was on... Oh, fucking hell. Last time I was on... I was, well, I was talking about the uh, Paul Chambers case about the guy who wanted to blow up uh, Robin Hood at airport. He didn't want airport. to blow up Robin Oh, God. <laughs> and then tweeted no. about it and then got off. No, he didn't. No, terrorist. that isn't what happened. It was a, a, an important free speech issue with yeah. regards to the 2003 Electronic Communications Act, Rich. <laughs> All right. You know that. I do know that. <laughs> but Fool. now Twitter's gone out of... Cr- crazy and people are doing proper bomb threats on it. So They're they not go, proper bomb they threats. <laughs> oh, Gosh. Tweeting anything is a proper anything. <laughs> Thank you. Exactly. That's it. Thank you, Paul. That is exactly right. Yeah. Oh, for God's sake. But sure, there's got to be a line joining the tabloid sand. brain. There's Shut your be face. A line. <laughs> surely you're playing devil's advocate. I kind of am, but I sort of also think it's it's a horrible world to live in where people are threatened with even as a. But they're not really being threatened. It's not a credible threat. It's some twat being an idiot and proving himself to be which of course is the brilliant thing about free speech is it's transparent and reveals people for who they are and that's why it's so important that, um, and I'm not going to waffle on about this a moment longer <laughs> I, I, I'm with you <laughs> that's that debate over then that was like that's what I thought we'd <laughs> Sure, should we be uh, discouraging people from uh, threatening to rape Mary Beard? Yes. No. Okay. No. 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 I mean, no. encouraging. Yes encouraging and no. Both <laughs> answers there. Well, no. No, you shouldn't be encouraging. No. God, stop it. Listen. You know what? You know what? Stop As comedians, it. we all we trade in language. Yeah. We all understand the power of words, mm. and we all understand the limitations of the power of words. It's just fucking words. <laughs> it's just fucking words. But words can, in a certain context, like as you can say something. Yeah, I don't think Twitter is that no, context. It's, it's, it's not the context to eat, to send a, uh, something like directly to someone that changes the context of it. Whereas if we did, well, that's where I get most of my threats. I find I'm most <laughs> most accessible. I think if you get a bomb threat from someone on Twitter, you should just ignore it, though. Seriously. Yeah, you should they, just ignore it because a, it isn't a bomb threat. Yeah. B, they've and, given you the time and place it, it's going to be, so you can go it's out. Someone, it's <laughs> Yeah, exactly. 
So even if they are malicious people, you yeah. really don't have to worry about them. They're not very bright. Yeah, not at all. I mean, I'm impressed they got it all into 140 characters with the time, <laughs> the place. Yeah, seriously, that's the most impressive <laughs> it thing. Is. They're good writers. If they can do that, then think what else they could do if they actually had a bomb. <laughs> uh, <laughs> see, that's... <laughs> That's why you have a big resurgence of haiku terrorism. <laughs> I like to think up terrorist plots. I don't know if you do. All the time. Yeah, it's I, all the time. And Al Qaeda have started using some of mine. I, I thought up the breast bomb ages ago because I saw a very well developed, a very, you know, very breasty woman, and I thought she yeah. could eat. She's got more than a hundred milliliters in there. She can, she can, she can just. And you can inject them together, and they're now doing that. They listen to my podcast. Have you you got can any? now get C4 breast implants. Yeah, yeah. Have you have you got any good terrorist? Uh, well, I, I, terrorist I see my problem. My problem, the way this stuff, <laughs> I could not resist going through uh, security, and my lace was untied, my shoelace was untied, and I just said, "Oh, excuse me, let me get my fuse." <laughs> so that's my problem. Yeah, and you I, then get I just keep taking it. You just oh, really I, like having your anus examined I by a rectal. Hey, you go to your websites. I go to mine. <laughs> I have spent more time in small windowless rooms. I actually, I, I actually, one time uh, at at the TSA, uh, I was just really in a bad mood, and I was really. You know what really bothers me? I hate it when they're nice. Because yeah. I think to myself, well, that's how it was like in Nazi Germany before all, you know, it, it, it became uh, clear what the fuck was going on. What you was know? going on again? Well, I mean, it's like when you went to all these checkpoints, they were like, oh, did you see the game last week? Uh, oh, yeah, that was something. It, was, it became, became normalized. Did you see the game last week? I don't like it. I don't like it. Yeah, when so it's kind of goes to Yankees. Go to Yankees. Yeah. <laughs> how about them Steelers, yeah? <laughs> It's disturbing on many levels. <laughs> but when it's normalized like that, I, I, just, I just had a moment and I just snapped and they were like, you know, could you open your belt buckle and everything? So I went, sure. And I opened my belt buckle and I dropped trow. And uh, uh, by the way, dropping trow, comedy gold, you know yeah. that, right? You know, it's never not funny. Uh, well, this time I was greeted with uh, semi-automatic weapons. Uh, I mean, they actually came with machine guns and shit. And, uh, and it became a brouhaha that finally ended up, uh, ended up with them saying, could you please pull your pants up so we can wand you to see if you're carrying any weapons? <laughs> <laughs> it's honestly not true. Yeah. They are trying to help, though. Uh, have you got any... <laughs> they're trying to, they're oh, you are. They're trying to help, <laughs> yes. <laughs> you got any ideas for a terrorist attack? Well, the other day I broke wind in a very small Edinburgh venue. Yeah. And... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, a very hot, tiny, hot box and yeah. drop one. And I think that's probably my the, the limits and ambition of my terror at the but moment. But you could use that. That would yeah. work. That's like, so if you could inject your kind of stomach with uh, poisonous Anthrax. gas. It's really no and need. And then you wait till you're in the plane and then I don't, I don't sort of go up to, to the, injecting. the pilot's door and just... <laughs> that would go through. That would go through the door. I just need to speak to the pilot. <laughs> you find the keyhole on their door. <laughs> I, just, I can't wait to read. I'd love to read the news report on that. <laughs> they've had a man with it in an underwear. It's like they've yeah, gone for the, the comedy bomb, the, the pants bomber. Yeah. The bra bomber. Being blew his ass off, didn't he? The pants bomber. He, he blew yeah. his own bum off. <laughs> well, that would teach us in our Western ways. That is the <laughs> when we see a man with no bum, we go, well, they think quite seriously about this. <laughs> 
maybe we should maybe we should reconsider capitalism. I can't wait to see the public service campaign linking diet to terrorism. <laughs> if you eat Mexican, you're helping the terrorists. Have you got any uh, famous ancestors like who've written uh, the great English novel or anything, Paul? No, I'm a peasant. Uh. Because Al Murray is related to... Uh, yeah. on, he's, on both sides of his parents, he's related to the third Duke of Athol. You see, that? that's on Wikipedia, isn't it? It is, and I believe yeah. it. Therefore, yeah. see, it, doesn't, it doesn't say citation no, no, that, needed. Since, since, I got, since I went on Twitter, I've had lo- people keep popping up, throwing that at me as some yeah. sort of um, way of uh, discrediting me in some way. You look, you're, see, you're posh. And the thing is, is so I, on, 1%. I, only, yeah, I only know about that the Duke from of Athelstan from fucking Wikipedia, <laughs> right? And I had one guy arguing with me relentlessly on Twitter going, you are from, he said, you're from an upper-class right-wing background, right. which means you must be uh, posh and have right-wing politics. I'm going, well, I, you don't, I, I don't know about that bit of my family, so I can't possibly, you know, what the, uh, basically, what the fuck are you on about? <laughs> Did it for about an afternoon, blocked him, but... Because I just couldn't argue. It's like, you know, wrestling with jelly is stupid. But uh, this is why I don't know about this. And it's, this, this comes at me very often in uh, these sort of situations. Yeah, good, I'm glad. <laughs> well, you know, I have to say this about you guys over here are so class conscious. Yeah. It's something we don't really have to deal with much at all. It's, it's more nice. about race. He's also... <laughs> True. We cut right to the chase. <laughs> yeah. He's also the he's also related to William Thackeray, the not novelist who wrote Vanity Fair, the book, not the magazine. I'm going to help you out. <laughs> well, I, I was named say, What a prodigious output <laughs> <that> there, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that I had to study for A level. So I resent your great 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 granddad. Uh, I'm going to take it on you. Fine. Because <laughs> it's bring fuck, it on. Fuck Becky Sharp. Oh, well done. What a great name, because she's a bit sharp. It's Fuck still, you. It's, it's still better than, you know, Mr. Gruntled Grink. It isn't, and all that it fucking isn't crap in Dickens. Fuck Dickens. You see, if you're Team Thackeray like me, you want to fuck Dickens. <laughs> yeah, you want to take... Thackeray. Yeah, damn right. They oh, were, they I were, can't wait to see the barroom brawls. Look, no. <laughs> At the time, that was what it was. That, and uh, London Authorial Literary Society divided down two lines, and Thackeray had a big, uh, big feud with Dickens and everything. And uh, fa- fantastic stuff because they were like they were bigger stars as you could be. No movie stars, no TV. And the, the, the authors were the big rock and roll guys who would sit around in London clubs slagging each other off. It's brilliant. What, how do you think Thackeray <laughs> slagged off? Uh, who was it? What, Dickens, what? Charles Dickens. Dickens. Dickens and Thackeray doing the dozens. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, well, well D- Dickens was into actresses, and Thackeray wrote a letter. Um, uh, uh, Thackeray said something in a London club about how you know guys of our stature shouldn't be hanging around with actresses. It's not good. It's not. It's not cool. And it kicked off into a major like thing in the newspapers and a big round. It was the talk toast of London society at the time. It's good did, stuff. Uh, did Thackeray have lots of uh, mistresses? He was into prostitutes. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and the interesting thing is, is um, my great aunt who died uh, uh, three four years ago. Um, she remembers um, the. She remember her grandmother was Thackeray's daughter, so she had stories of the printer's boy coming to the house wow. um, to collect the because Thackeray did the etchings to start with on Vanity Fair, and then the book was a hit, and he couldn't he couldn't do the drawings as well. So she had stories of the printer's boy coming round for the etchings to get them from from Thackeray when they lived in Camberwell, and um, 
And so this all came down. So she was, my great aunt was very like, you couldn't say a bad word about him. And now she's dead. We're allowed to admit there were hookers everywhere. <laughs> and, uh, that's, that was his thing. And at his funeral, there was a huge crowd of actresses and prostitutes. And then, and then, they, all le- and then they all left, and Dickens was there, stood there at the graveside on his own for an hour. Yeah. Laughing. La- laughing. <laughs> just trying to build up enough piss. <laughs> I'm just waiting for having this. I've got to have a dump, but I haven't got anything in there. Maybe he was just hanging around trying to pick up prostitutes and actresses. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Probably was. He was, he was known for it. Uh, but uh, the Vanity Fair, if you have to study it, uh, I feel sorry for you. It's a very long book. Uh, Very long. The only good bit about it is the end. Dobbin spends his whole life trying to get off with Amelia, and the end, he realizes the prize that he spent his life trying to get isn't worth the Spoiler alert! Sorry, I didn't mean to do a spoiler alert. He gets off it, he marries in the end, but he realizes his life is is terrible. And that's a a very true thing. It's not worth reading fucking 5,000 pages to find that out, though. I've just told you. (laughs) Matt, someone's just tearing up their copy. You read album. So the set list uh, is back, yes, set list is which back. I've done once so far. This, uh, this, this uh, uh, can I tell the audience about your TV appearance? <laughs> yeah, if you like. Yo, <laughs> when, I, I, haven't, I haven't. We haven't talked about. It. I, I studiously avoided talking <laughs> to you about it and uh, apologizing publicly uh, with great humiliation to Al about it. But um, the series coming on uh, Sky Atlantic in December, uh, and uh, your piece on it. I, I I know that you'll be proud <laughs> to know that Jesus cock made the cut. <laughs> <laughs> The thing with setlist is you can I can I come off stage and I, I wrote about it in the metro because I thought I didn't have anything else to write about <laughs> and I really enjoyed doing it. It was a Sunday, a Sunday night. I thought I've got to write a metro column. I'll write about that. And I thought I can't actually remember anything I did. I had to think for about an hour to even remember. Well, let me remind you, with. Jesus Christ. Yeah, remind me of this. Yeah, uh, you did a bit. I think it was. Uh, I think the topic. The, the way setlist works is comedians come up completely unprepared. There's no prep whatsoever, uh, and uh, we give them the the set the topics on their setlist, and they have to improvise the stand-up as if they know what that material is that goes along with it and you got the topic over personalized communion (laughs) (laughs) you can fill in the blanks to jesus talk well i think i just read something about um how many jesus foreskins there are in the world yes and there there was an element of some 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 rabbis did they eat the foreskins is that what i was talking about well apparently now i know this because i said it because you said it no no here's where it gets really interesting this is how it made the cut sky atlantic was like we're not going to do eating a piece of jesus's cock when i'm putting that on the air and i went philistines um and um so it became a thing and I went and did the research and sent them link after link after link about the, where this idea came from. Yeah. And they were like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, yes, apparently uh, the circumcision ritual yeah. in its earliest uh, states uh, involved eating the eating of the foreskin. Right. So... <laughs> And you're surprised that priests and vicars turn okay. out to be paedophiles. That's, that's, that's what a shock. Well, you see, when things fall out of favor, other things pop up. So they, they, they used to eat the foreskins. So that if you just let us eat the baby's foreskins, we wouldn't have to fiddle with the kids. Wait, let us go back to that. Oh, man. <laughs> So this, by the way, refers back to me and children's programming. So, 
So uh, uh, Richard maintained during the course of developing material on the spot about this concept, <laughs> which was hilarious. Richard maintained that no, there, there were many, many foreskins of the saints yeah. had been preserved, and there are relics around the world uh, um, in various uh, cathedrals and what have you that claim to be Jesus's foreskin. Oh, yeah and that the communion ritual was a symbolic act of eating the foreskin after circumcision. Right. Uh, I know way too much about this now <laughs> because of you. I've forgotten all uh, this. But the Catholic Church, uh, about 100 years ago, decided, you know, let's downplay the foreskin. <laughs> we don't think this is good for our image. So a lot of that sort of went away. Uh, um, but uh, I had to, I sent reams of right. information so that, it would uh, be a rabbi with foresight thought, you know, I've just cut off this baby or young boy's foreskin. I reckon he might be something big. I'll just put that aside in an envelope, <laughs> just in case. Lay it, lay it down like yeah. a bottle of wine. I mean, think about it. If you had Justin Bieber's foreskin, that would be a fucking gold mine. <laughs> an eBay wet dream, no pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> we might still be able to get it. It's probably gone. He's American. Do they still circumcise? He's Canadian. He's, He's Canadian. Canadian. He's Canadian. They oh, circumcise it with ice skates. They just slice. <laughs> oh, I know. I don't like Canadians either. <laughs> so, Al, you said that yes. comedians should never have any opinions about anything. Yes. What is your opinion about that? That is the direct. That, that, is, that is exactly the, what I said. <laughs> And I think, in, uh, stripped of its context, that quote is much more interesting than what I was trying to get to. Um, what I said... No, that, that, that um, uh, decontextualised gem um, comes, comes from an interview uh, that I did to promote the uh, seven-day Saturday radio programme. I did yep. with Andy Zaltzman and others. And um, uh, one of the things we do on the show is if anyone gets at all close to actually offering a coherent opinion on the programme, because we talk about the week's news and a bit of politics, if they get anywhere near offering a proper opinion, I, I won't let them do it. I'm not having it. I'm not having opinions from fucking comedians. We are mercenary lion merchants who <laughs> got into being we're show-offs, we're shameless hucksters, we're wrecks, we're... Uh, you know, uh, I feel uh, the same way about Thackeray. But, <laughs> But no, but it was just, I was just trying to make a point that, you know, if you, if, if, to be honest, if you're getting your opinions from comics, you, 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 you've, you're probably barking up the wrong tree. <laughs> uh, and and, and then, we were, then I went on about basically the, the idea that if you're going to take the piss, if you, if you wear your opinions on your sleeve, you're not going to be able to take the piss out of everybody. You know, if you take sides, and, and politics in Britain is so tribal right now that, it, that I think it's boring and uninteresting and unnuanced, and nuance is more interesting than anything else. And uh, that's what I said in that interview, but uh, luckily Brian Logan from The Guardian was able to make it look like um, I was a, a fascist who wanted to clamp down on opinion. That's because unlike him. He, I can't remember another time he's done that. Oh, yeah, with Hitler moustache. Now I remember. It's <laughs> 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 he did exactly the same thing. I wonder how Stuart Lee feels about it all. <laughs> well, I've had to check with him if I'm allowed to say this. <laughs> It is good you know, you, you didn't go to the training camp. Uh. <laughs> it's good to just have someone you can just go to who will give you the def definitive answer to any questions, so we don't need to discuss it. What do you think, Stu? Oh, okay. Uh, so, 
I'll stop doing that. Uh, so I'm going to do an emergency question before I forget, because these are important. I don't need to do emergency questions, but people will miss them if they're not in. Uh, if you had to marry a Muppet, this is to both of you. It doesn't have to be the same one. It's not a menage a trois. If you had to marry a Muppet, one of the characters from the Muppets, which character from the Muppet would you choose? Janice. Be? Yeah, I like Janice. That's the, that's the thing. She's amazing. Yeah. An animal. Animal, yeah, someone yeah. else. Because the drumming connection, you could the drum drumming together. connection, we could drum together while, while um, not making love. <laughs> We'd have to make love with them at some point. Because it doesn't have to be a menage a trois, but can it be? I almost it said a menage a trois. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. You're funny even by accident. Oh, that's what just yeah. even you're going to slip up. Oh, I've, been, I've been hanging out that too long. <laughs> Who else do you want in your menage a trois? You want, you want animal and Janice? Animal's not bad. The no, whole I, band I, together. I've got to think about this now. Well, I think I, I, pro- I would have to be Janice and, and her handler, her puppeteer. Yeah, I guess he probably, would have to be there. It would probably have yeah, to be there. I would think so. Or it's just, like, it's just a lifeless puppet. <laughs> We've all been there. Hey, you go to your websites. <laughs> <laughs> And if you had to be wanked off by one of the Muppets being operated by Stuart Lee, that is another one. Because he likes to use, to use puppets to wank people off. I have experience of this. Would that be a different answer if Stuart Lee was manipulating them? Don't, don't. I'm a big... I, I, gotta, I gotta say this. This yeah. is sort of a... I'm coming out of the closet here, but I, I, I'm kind of half a beaker. Beaker, yeah. <laughs> Bo I'd, like Bo f- I'd like Fuzzy Bear because then uh, Stuart could critique Fuzzy Bear. Well, what's the closest uh, you've come to actually literally dying in real life, like not on stage? Have you ever had a near death experience, either of you? You Paul yeah. got one? Yeah, I have. It was just last week. Was it? Yeah. I was, uh, uh, I'm shooting this documentary with an American comedian named Andy Andrist, who's one of the Doug Stanhope Unbookables crowd. Oh, yeah, yeah. Really dark, twisted bastard. Uh, <laughs> anyway, it's, a, it's a, a documentary slash comedy about child sexual abuse. Um, <laughs> how am I going to follow up the aristocrat? <laughs> uh, and uh, he said something. I took a big swig of iced tea. I was in his car in the passenger seat. Took a big swig of iced tea. He said something so funny. It came out my nose, but yeah. I had taken such a big swig that only some of it came out my nose, <laughs> and the other half wouldn't go down my throat because I was all clenched because it was shit coming down my nose, and I was literally drowning in iced tea <laughs> in his car. Wow. Yeah. That is the joke that kills. Do you remember, what the, joke? Do you remember yes, what the yeah, joke was? Yeah, yeah. It was um, in context of a long conversation. We, well, made, we maybe we should tell Has everyone about had a, a swallowed whatever they've got in their mouth? <laughs> I actually don't remember what the joke is, but you know, I told you what the documentary is about, <laughs> yeah, so you figure like it out. Have you ever nearly died, Alan? Any? I think I fell off a log in a stream once when I was ten. <laughs> yeah. And had to be hauled out, but oh I don't right. know. I don't remember. I've not had a near-death experience. You know, there was some research last week where they looked at rats yeah. and their brain activity upon death, where their brains were all lighting up and going crazy. And it's the idea that there's a rat heaven. Heaven <laughs> <laughs> towards the light. <laughs> <laughs> There's probably there a moth heaven for that reason. There might be a moth heaven. <laughs> is there, if there is a rat heaven, I, I, danger, uh, what, was Rasta Mouse has got to be yeah, there. Yeah, he's in there. Rasta Mouse is one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. I've, I've, I've heard of it. I've not, not heard oh, of it. Oh, my God. Somebody was on acid when they came up with this. 
Rasmus, check it out. I can't. I tell will. I will it. check it out. Um, and so, let me look back at the other questions, which I am. I know I don't need to look at because I am a good interviewer. Uh, so how's this duo working out? Now? It's work. I think it's good. Oh, yeah, you think? You I like. Things? I'm enjoying the differing textures. Yeah, it's nice. It's like, it's like you know, because you're. you're di I've had like um, Janie Godley and her daughter on, but they're yeah. you know they're sort of essentially count. the same person. They've got half yeah. the same DNA for a start. Yeah. So that's just like having one person just taking up two. I seats. think it's actually full DNA. I think Janie actually reproduced by budding. <laughs> you might have done. Um, I think that the thing that's getting me in Edinburgh now, because li I'm living quite near the Lothian bus garage, so I see, a lot, I see a lot of... Uh, the Lothian bus garage, I see, I see a You're lot such of, a braggart. I see... Uh, <laughs> I don't want to help pinpoint where I live. Uh, but um, a lot of the drivers of the Lothian bus wear the pub landlord outfit. They wear maroon. They wear maroon. <laughs> so I keep on thinking I'm seeing... They've got yeah. maroon jackets and, and yeah. the same. It looks exactly it, like... Is it, I think it has a... I think they've got a crest on the yeah. pocket, but other than that, it's exactly the same outfit. Yeah. Yeah. Have you, yeah. Did you ever do a photo opportunity? You should do a photo opportunity with the Lothian bus drivers at the garage. I don't know. I don't know if it's um, high-end enough. <laughs> <laughs> I think it would help raise your audience above... The audience are mainly people who just walk and crawl places at the moment. This if is true. You could get the bus people as well. Imagine. <laughs> oh, look at him with his fancy bus pass. Don't know what accent that was. I've no idea. Don't know what I was going for, because it could be anywhere. I think it was so meant to be a Scotch. Just put a pub on a bus. Could yeah. put a pub on a bus. Yeah. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Uh, um, do people treat you like the pub landlord when they see you? Do they, they have trouble separating? Um, not really. They do. Some people do right up to the moment where I open my mouth and then speak to them and then they can hear I'm, I don't sound like the character. So not really. I don't think, you know, I, I keep being told that there's a sort of, or there's a thing where I go, you know, people don't realise that you're in character and you say terrible things and you're encouraging terrible things. Really? You know, I, I look at it. It's fucking ridiculous what I do, and I fall over and spill beer on myself and everything. If anyone thinks that's real, <laughs> I'm yeah, because we've never seen that in real life. <laughs> <laughs> I was out. Well, you know what I mean. You know what I mean. And no, I'm not. No, they, they don't. They don't treat me differently. Um, I, I mean, in some ways, I wish they did. You know. <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> uh, you know, it's not easy being me. <laughs> I think he's trying to say he's going with Kermit. <laughs> but uh, are you gonna, do you think it's going to go on forever? Because I mean, the older you get, the kind of more the, the more pub landlordy. Yeah, well, it's sort of like Steve Coogan has become as sort of the right age to do Alan Partridge. Yeah, you know, I can't like see. It, I, I, well, I mean, I, what I always think is when I sit down to write a new show, if I can't come up with anything, that's the end of it. But that hasn't happened yet. Uh, it might happen because when this tour ends, I, that's what I've got to do is start another show. But I, don't, I can't see. And what's weird is, is that um, you're right. The older I get, the more it seems the more it seems to fit. I remember when I first started doing it, which is nearly 20 years ago. Someone saying, "Oh, you're too young. You're too young. It's, it, it doesn't work." Um, and I got very angry about that. Uh, uh, <laughs> Turns out you were a visionary. <laughs> Turns out, yeah, I had 20 years down the line worked out. It's an interesting thing. I spoke to, uh, uh, interviewed Armando Inucci about the. Um, Partridge film recently, yeah. and uh, and he because he he said something a while ago about how the people from the alternative sphere need to try and address the mainstream and try and bring their brilliant ideas to the mainstream and all that. He, he, mm -hmm. 
And, uh, and I, I asked him about that and I said, is that what you've done with Partridge, but you've done it by simply sticking around with the, <laughs> for, with the same thing for 20 years? He said, yes, but I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> Any young writers out there, that's probably not your best strategy to wait 20 years for people to get well, the joke. I don't joke. know, but I think it maybe is because actually yeah. you become, the problem now I think is that ki kids get discovered too early and they haven't got, they've got 10 minutes of material and they get put on TV. Mm. And actually if you do, and what's happening in Edinburgh a bit now is that people have to come up for seven years before anyone even hears about them. Yeah. And I think that's a good thing because you develop a character and it becomes a real thing. You know, yeah. This you is know, the most shocking thing about Edinburgh is, yeah. as we've watched it over a decade or so of coming here frequently, is all the posters now, all the all the young comedians, also good looking. Yeah, <laughs> that can't be any good. <laughs> well, so that used to be the place where we it all used to be just me. On the on the good guy, everyone would go, "Look at Richard, so good looking." Yes, we used to talk about your astonishing looks. <laughs> Well, I'm surprised about it. Is everyone sp I, this year, I've not done posters on the, uh, the big billboard ones. It saved £3,000, which is what I've done, then spent that on a DVD that to what, give out. Is that how you're able to pay us, then? Yeah, it is. That's how I'm give, giving you... £1,000 I ended up spending £4,500 on the DVDs, so I actually spent more on the DVDs. Well, so please buy DVD. one from www.gofasterstrike.com. Uh, but you look at the posters, and people put them up, and you kind of think they're so boring. They're all really rubbish posters. They're just pictures of someone's face. And so it's not going to make you... It doesn't give you anything... They're all... If you look, you look at the whole down there. There's not one. I go. Well, that looks like it might be a funny show. That looks, that's a good poster. Maybe I'll go. Well, I like his good cut of his jib or yeah. her jib or whatever. There's yeah. hardly any that even have any character in there. There are a few. Like uh, Sarah Pascoe's got like mm. she's dressed up as a cat. I think at a mouse maybe. But have you said that? Yeah. Have you seen Glenn Wool's poster? No, I haven't actually. Oh, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's, I can't describe. No. It. Okay, we'll look out for it. But it seems a shame to spend three thousand pounds just. It's sort of just like going, "Here's my face," which is what that which what Nick Goody did last year. Yeah. This gigantic yeah. picture of my right. face. That's it was really great. Yeah, it's like saying, "I know you don't know me, but this is what I look like." <laughs> well, that's even weirder when people do posters which are cartoons of themselves, and you don't know who they fucking are. <laughs> so you can't tell if it's a good cartoon or a good likeness because you don't know what they look like. But it's a good poster because it's a two-dimensional thing all around. Does anyone go? And, <laughs> does anyone go and see a show? Has anyone seen a poster on one on like on the street and thought I must go and see that show? Is that you've done that? Which one have you seen? My son's not Rain Man. My son's not Rain Man. What made you go? About what was it about the poster that made you go? It's, uh, it's like a biscuit, and you're thinking, well, there's gonna be food. Yeah, so I like biscuits. <laughs> there's a biscuit, so there'll be food. You like biscuits? I like biscuits. Was that? Did you go? Was the biscuits? No, so they let you down. It was. You know, can I just tell you a funny story about the aristocrats? When yeah. when that movie came out on DVD, uh, there was so much uh, like back and forth on what the DVD art should be, and they finally decided they're just going to put it out with a picture of a dog on it. Right. Because in in many tellings of the joke, you know, there's there's dog rape. Right. And so they put a picture of the dog on the cover. So they went, out of this entire thing, that's what you come up with? And they said, well, yeah, but research shows that if there's a dog on the picture of a DVD, people buy it more. <laughs> and I said, wrong crowd. <laughs> if there's a dog being raped on the cover. Yeah, that's a story. <laughs> some, well, if there's a dog, the dog. On, dog being raped on the cover, some people will definitely buy it. <laughs> well, well, well. Now I know we got to put. I'm gonna. I'm, my next one's gonna be. I'm gonna be eating pizza, and stuff. Stuff that you could give out to a crowd, yeah. just to seduce them in. But that's know. interesting, right? So is anyone else? Because that, that's three thousand pounds. Those people have spent to put those big billboards up at least, and that's one bloke who's gonna see one show, which is I haven't. And you've seen the poster somewhere that's else. Really Is that's not like even one of the big billboards, though, is it? I no. So that's. Has anyone gone to see a show solely based on the poster on the big billboard? 
that's a that's a good uh, little sample there. Have you weigh your three thousand pounds? Do people, do people pay attention to like the stars on uh, that are put on the posters, the stars and reviews? Anybody pay attention to that? Only comedians, so yeah. Actually, I think you find they don't. <laughs> a friend of mine said the smartest thing. He said, I go to see everybody that has as few stars as possible. Right. <laughs> he just loves it. But I think, stuff I think if you put your stars up, you should have to put all your stars up. So then people get, if you, you can't just put, because you know, everyone can get a five-star review from you know one, someone on the internet. But if you have to actually go, if you put it up, you have to put all of them up. Right. And then, then well, you get and also the people haven't reviewed you yet, so like a blank. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know, the times didn't come. <laughs> I think some reviewers should just start giving out black holes yeah. instead of stars. This is a five black hole show. Well, look, we've got to quickly break to do uh, some stand-up before I, I forget. It's been very interesting. If you two could uh, fuck off for the minute and then come back later on. We're going on the road together. Go, go, you should do. So give them a round of applause. Al Murray and Paul Provenza, they'll be back. Um... As always, it's lovely uh, to uh, get a, a newer comedian down uh, to do five minutes, and we've got someone fantastic. She's at the stand. She'll tell all the details of her show afterwards. I hope it's. Uh, will you please give a massive round of applause? Just trying to get round for Sally Ann Hayward. Hello. Oh, lovely to be here. This is nice talking to people as well. It's lovely to talk to an audience. You know, it's true. you know your place as a comedian when you come up to the Edinburgh Festival and bring your own show. You know, you know how many people have heard of you, how many people want to come and see you, and it's just your face on the poster. I knew my place when I started my run to an audience of two people. I doubly knew my place when the sound man introduced me with the words, Lady and gentlemen. <laughs> But now I know how to get you in, don't I? Just put some fucking food on it and you're in. Uh, <laughs> that's so lovely to be here. I, um, I, I, my boyfriend's been up to see me. That's been really nice. It's lovely. I like my boyfriend as well. I know, it's, it's good, isn't it? I, I sound surprised as well. It's lovely to meet somebody I don't want to spit at as well. He's really nice. Do you know, I like him so much that sometimes when he's not around, I wear his tracksuit bottoms because it makes me feel a little bit closer to him. Oh. <laughs> People do that though, don't they? I've got friends, they're divorced now. <laughs> but he still wears her scarf. <laughs> and she wears his house. <laughs> <laughs> and his car. <laughs> and his best mate. <laughs> Do you know what, I did that joke in two parts of the UK. I did it in Preston. I also did it in Bath, right? In Preston, no reaction, none whatsoever. In Bath, <laughs> And I thought, that's because people in Bath can afford to get divorced, innit? <laughs> that's all that's down to. Poor fuckers in Preston stuck with each other, aren't they? They've got no money to leave. They're fucked, aren't they? And that is the reason people don't get divorced, isn't it? Money, but also children. I've got a friend, he's got a kid. He said to me, the minute she's 18, I am. There's no way to talk about your wife. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're really nice, aren't you? I am. It's lovely being up here. I live in Bristol, ladies and gentlemen. I live in quite a rural part of Bristol as well. Do you know, it's so rural. At the bottom of my garden, we've got peacocks. Yeah. And Primark and Sainsbury's. <laughs> <laughs> It's good, this job as well. It's a really good job. I love it. I am. 
And but you spend a lot of time on your own. You I travel around the country. I'm on, I'm on my own a lot. And I quite miss. I used to work in. An, I used to work at the hospital at Bristol as a medical secretary. And I quite miss the camaraderie of working with people. The office banter. You know, it's quite fun. It, it, it can be fun. And I used to. I, we used, I used to type up clinic letters. You know, audio typing, typing away like this. And I used to work with this fantastic woman. She was brilliant. And she told me we were typing one day, typing up the letter of the patient. She turned to me and she went, "Ear," says here. This lady went to Ionapa, a Cyprus, and I. And I went, "Yeah, that's Cyprus." And she went. I'll put the Lake District much nicer. <laughs> you can't change the destination. And then she one day she went, this one's 54. She wouldn't want us to know that, would she? I'll leave that out. These are medical records, for fuck's sake. And then one day she went, this one's got chlamydia. I'll put broken toe. <laughs> She was brilliant, this woman. I loved her. She was near retirement. She'd been a medical secretary all her life. But her dream job was to drive a mobile library van. That's all she wanted to do with her life, right? And the reasons being were because it incorporated two of her favourite things, and that was driving down country lanes and reading. <laughs> it's such a sweet philosophy, isn't it? I didn't have the heart to tell her. She couldn't do them both together. But it's, so, it's such a sweet philosophy. I thought, I wonder if people out there do that, incorporate two of their favourite things, and that becomes their job. Do you think there's someone going, wow? I love wearing brown. I love not knowing what to do in my life as well. I'll be a teacher. <laughs> well, there's someone else going, wow, I'm a real nasty, nosy bitch. Love sitting down. I'll be a doctor's receptionist. <laughs> it works, doesn't it? I love it though, I love boys ambition. What do you do, sir, what can I ask you? Perfect. You're a what? Perfect. Programmer, what did you want to be when you were a little boy? You didn't have any ambition, oh, lovely. <laughs> <laughs> I've got five minutes, get to the point. I am. Um, now, I usually, boys want, I like boys' ambitions, they usually want to be astronauts or footballers, I love it. They've just got these stupid ambitions and then they end up being programmers. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, I love it. I met a bloke once, when he was growing up, he wanted to be a lion tamer. That's a brilliant ambition, isn't it? Do you know what he does now? <laughs> Works in a pet shop. <laughs> Growl at me, hamster, come on. <laughs> You have been absolutely lovely. I've got to go. I, uh, I, I will tell you quickly where my show is. In fact, you can see just my face on the poster up there. I think there I am. Look, I am uh, just my face. That won't attract you in any way, sir. Well, there's no food on there. I, uh, not a lot of food in that either. I am, uh, um, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I am at Stand Two, which is just around the corner upstairs, ten to five every day. Do come. It'll be fun. We'll have a nice time. And I am, um, and I hope I see you again. My name's Sally and Hayward. Thank you very much. Bye bye. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, please welcome back Al Murray and the star of Miami Vice, Paul Provenza. He's on Miami Vice as well. He's been on everything. <laughs> Actually, that star of thing is, is something I really love when, uh, on Edinburgh posters where you see, um, you know, uh, I, I, I'm not going to, I can't think of who, but you see, you know, Jack Evans, star of Armstrong and Miller. <laughs> on their poster. <laughs> no, no, no. Stars of Armstrong and Miller are Armstrong and Miller. <laughs> you are Jack Evans. You were in it. You know, right? Like, uh, I mean, as, guest. Yeah, yeah. What well, I mean, as seen on TV, as yeah. seen on, used to be the way you did that, isn't it? But it's now everyone yeah. is star off. Because you know. if you put as seen on TV now, they think you're a George Foreman grill. <laughs> <laughs> it goes now to YouTube. It's two million hits on YouTube. That's yeah, yeah. yeah, that's yeah, yeah. I see those credits yeah. now. That is wild. <laughs>
<laughs> I could do that. I've got two million hits on uh, YouTube. Do you really? Yeah, for, well, for when I'm on my heckler, there's a heckler video of me. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's got just, that's usually, more people have seen that than have seen my live stand up. Yeah, yeah. The worst, the worst videos are the ones that go viral. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's nice. You live in a great world. So, um, well, we got a little bit. We've got a little bit of time. Well, do you remember much about Miami Vice? With that yeah. Well, how was that? Well, I, I thought Don Johnson was a dick <laughs> until I met the other guy. <laughs> That's all I have to say. <laughs> have you done? You've, got, you've done bits and pieces of acting, Al. Do you get? Have you been on? And um, actually, no, I, I've not done very much. It's no. something I would, I'd quite like to do, but I've not done very much. No. I, I did. I was in. I was in a Linda Laplante mystery like cop thing where I was the bloke in the betting shop I had one scene and right. they were, uh, uh, and all the bloke did was came in a place to bet and I went oh, a cop came in and asked me so I said well, I don't know yeah he was in here Thursday afternoon and that was it <laughs> you know that, that is amazing to me I mean the pub landlord is like like superb masterful acting yeah that you're, that you're, 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 you're right of course <laughs> the, have you seen Time Gentlemen, <laughs> please? Uh, <laughs> we went, we no, went for it. <laughs> <laughs> that thing, you know, that, oh, he's a comedian, is he really an actor? Go like, what the fuck? It's like, yeah. it's like the most consummate acting. But know, then I, but, but I, I did go around, I, I've been, I mean, I'm planning to do some stuff, but I went in for some, some meeting pe meetings with people where I grew my hair out, because I'm not bald, it's a haircut, and, um, and they, you walk in with hair, and they look, they, it's like, <laughs> What the fuck? It's like unimaginable that I might even have hair. So um, we've got a long, sorry, way, long way to go this, with that. You can't have yeah. this part because the character doesn't have hair. So there is no <laughs> way. There is no way you can do it. <laughs> <laughs> and you played uh, the man in the urban man sketch. The, the man yes. who's in the house where Ben Moore yes, came that's up. Right. Yeah, window, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. I remember. What was your line in that one? Oh, they come up to the window, and it's uh, very nice to watch them. Something like that. It was, yeah. Yeah. And I God, you're good. <laughs> and I did Harry Harry Hill's uh, thing recently, where we, where we did the sort of fake documentary about oh, yeah, putting yeah. the old show back together. That was lots of fun to do. That was really really good fun. Yeah. Although half the although all the older generation, the cast, are no longer with us, and that was quite a bittersweet thing. Yeah, that was good for you, though. That's fine for me. Yeah, I, it means I've got more to do. <laughs> Uncle Barry. Show business. <laughs> yeah, Uncle Barry was no longer dear old Uncle my Barry. My favourite uh, character in Time Down, oh. please, which you may not have watched. Uh, it's a sitcom I wrote with Al that Al was in. I was I was the bean face, face mm. postman. I get, I'm sorry, say, say that I was a bean faced postman. I get recognised about once every ten years as the bean faced postman. Star of Time, gentlemen, yes. please. Star of time. <laughs> Were you billed as bean-faced poser? <laughs> it was, yeah, but yeah. I don't know if I... Yeah, I think it was. Yeah. I certainly was called that every week. But Uncle Barry had... Uh, he was an old guy, and he had uh, he had black, like, boot-polished polish hair. <laughs> and every week, uh, someone would pour uh, beer on his head. Barry was an amazing guy, amazing. but Barry was in Cracker Jack, but he... Uh, uh, and all that sort of stuff. But he'd also... He'd been a rep actor and then a bit part actor in films and was a, a colossal drinker, like... Um, Proper the way they used to drink in the 60s drinker. Whiskey, brandy and everything and on his cornflakes, the whole thing. And his best drinking buddy pal was Robert Mitchum. And whenever Robert Mitchum was in London, he'd go drinking with Barry. Yeah. And uh, Barry tells all these stories. Oh, he's a lovely chap, but you know, he used to smoke, he used to smoke dope. And I really <laughs> wasn't having that. You know, like real insight into the way they, those guys... My drug of choice. Exactly, yeah. 
Yeah, Barry was he was wonderful. Yeah, he was. Sweet dear man. Well, it was yeah. always like they came in to do one episode. And I think it was going to be yeah. one episode, and we liked him so much. He was my favourite character. Yeah. He was so lovely as well. And I did send him a card saying that, which was I was very glad I did. Oh, well so done. Was, is this available yeah. on DVD? Uh, yes, it is, isn't it? For about five quid. Yeah, I mean, you know. You can pick it up pretty much anywhere. You can. Coast shops selling coasters. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good Mainly. sitcom. It's a good sitcom. It's very but, good. Yeah. Fantastically uh, written. Timing was out. I wrote it as a fly on the wall documentary. That's <laughs> why. That's, that's why I always say when uh, people ask the pub, when they ask the pub landlord what he thinks of it, so yeah. I think they made me look like an idiot. <laughs> when Phil Daniels came into audition, we said we want to do something really realistic. We're going to have really realistic characters. <laughs> and then he was this guy just farted on a bar stool and wanted to marry everyone. It was um, yeah. Never mind. No one else remembers it. Just me. So um, we're going to do part of the bean pa- bean faced postman. It was played with great verve. It was. Yeah. It was fantastic. He was in love with Julius, the character played by Julius Sawala. Mm. Uh, where did you get your ideas from? I don't from? know where I get those. But I was going out. I did. I was going out with her though as well. That's yes, right. I remember. That postman did have sex with mm. Julius Sawala. Mm. Yes, I in, remember. In the costume. So uh, there you go. There's, uh, so even though it never happened on screen. Is there a bean face fetish? <laughs> she liked to. She liked to lagoon, leguminous face, leguminous, <laughs> leguminous, leguminous, leguminous. Yeah, we've lost a haricotic Harry- uh, so, uh, face. <laughs> oh yeah, haricotic. Yeah, <laughs> it should have been called Harry Haricot. <laughs> Terrible. No, it was called Mike. Uh, so um, uh, we're giving away loads of possible questions. We're going to do a competition now, where someone here can win all that stuff. T-shirts galore, not my phone, but everything else, and not the slivering. Look at that, slivering scared. Rob Sedgwick, you should be. Uh, that's Rob Sedgwick who does my site. Give him a round of applause. My website is just redesigned. <laughs> Fantastic work. Took him about five years. Doing nothing else. Thank you, Rob. Uh, so uh, we're going to do a competition. We're going to make statements thrive or true or false. If you think they're true, put your hands on your head. If you think they're false, put your hands on your bottom. So you're going to have to stand up. If you get it wrong, you have to sit down again. Uh, and... Um, Whoever's left standing at the end, do be honest and do self-police this. Look out for people cheating uh, uh, and uh, if you get it wrong. So, Al Murray, I didn't give you the number of grands, is the grand, 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 grandson of the third Duke of Athol. The grand, 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 six grands, grandson of third, the third Duke of Athol. Is that true or false? It is, I think, false. I think it's just five grands. If you say so. That's, what, that's my working answer. Know. Sit down. It's not six grand, not you been idiots. On Wikipedia. How old do you think the third Duke of Athol is, you idiots? How long, how long ago do you think he lived? It wasn't, wasn't 25 more years than you thought. Have you got a statement of truth or falsehood to Paul Provenza about your life and work? I can make one up about you if you like. Oh, give I you know one. everything about the Duke of Athos. <laughs> he knows everything about the Duke of Athos <laughs> which isn't even the name he of was the bloke <laughs> the, the, Duke of Mus- the Duke Musketeers <laughs> well, I, I think, don't know I think they've is. got through that one have you got one Al? Um, uh, true or false uh, the very first thing I did with Richard Herring was um, a sketch about two war poets true or false and in your head these two hands and your body these false False. It is false. <laughs> you, did, you did do a sketch about two war poets. But I did, not, yeah. I was not involved. Not I would involved. never have worked yeah, with him. No, we never worked together. Al Murray uh, was involved in a Walker's Crisps uh, campaign where people had to vote for a new crisp made up 
by uh, people and he came third after Jimmy Carr and Stephen Fry. Is that true or false? His false came second, didn't you? That's right, I did, yeah. 2%, 2% after Stephen Fry. Was it called the Al Al I'll tell you, these names are brilliant, right? Stephen Fry up, we see how that one works. Jimmy Concarni, I like it. Neat, good use of words. Al Steak and Al Pie, we like that as well, right? But here's the kicker Frank Roast Dinner. What the fuck is that? Have you got another one? Uh, the, the <laughs> Stephen Fry up one, didn't Stephen he? Fry, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Got but he any? had to win. You could tell when he got there to be a fix. You could tell when he arrived for filming, it was set up so Lord Snooty would fucking win. Oh, yeah. Give him a break. Oh, yeah. He's Mr. been through a difficult time. Fucking Nigel. That's that, that's, yeah, that's That's why, all that yeah. kept him going. Winning yeah, that yeah. Thing. Imagine if I'd won. Just imagine. Mm. Mm. Would have sold a lot in pubs. <laughs> yeah, they would have sold a lot. Have we got any more? Of you, do you want me to do? Oh, I've, I've got the same size hands as the actor who plays Ron Weasley in uh, <laughs> Harry Potter. Is that true or false? Who's still in? Is it just you two, or is anyone else in? It is uh, false. I have the same size hands as the woman who plays Hermione in Harry Potter. <laughs> I've put I've put my hands in. The, that's her hand there. That's exactly. I put there are handprints in the. If you go to Harry Potter world. Which I got the Slytherin notebook from. <laughs> there you go. Is anyone else in apart from this guy? Shout out if you're still in. Yep. Oh, someone in the dark. All oh, right, right. So uh, uh, we'll do one more. Let me see if I've got one. Whoever goes for this first uh, will win. Al Murray's uh, great uncle was in um, Around the Horn. Is that true or false? The first one to go for it. Have you gone for it yet? You've gone for true. You've got to go for false. Was he in Around the Horn, Al? You don't think he was. He was in the Navy Lark. He was in the Navy Lark, so you have won by dint of not wanting to answer that, so congratulations. <laughs> I'm going to let you keep the box as well. You can keep the box. Well done, congratulations. Bad luck, so close. Um, give a massive round of applause to everyone you've seen today. Sally Ann Hayward, Al Murray, and Pod Lambert. He's not even like the Pod Lambert in real life, is different. Paul Provenza is nothing like Magic Joel from Sabina the Teenage Witch. <laughs> like you're expecting. Okay, goodbye. We'll be back tomorrow with Alexi Sale. Alexi Sale's all right. So come and see that. Bye-bye.